On this episode of Bootstrappers, Jeremy and I are going to talk about how to manage stress as an entrepreneur so it doesn't impact your health. And we're going to go over real life situations that stressed us out and how we dealt with it. That's next on Bootstrappers. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business. Welcome to Bootstrappers, where we talk about topics that are important to real estate and property management entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Gwen Aspen, here with my spouse, Jeremy Aspen. Me. (laughs) And on this episode, we're going to talk about how to manage stress as an entrepreneur. Jeremy and I have both had our own ups and downs with uh, managing stress. We talked to lots of other entrepreneurs who are freaking out because <laughs> they have a, uh, some physical ailments due to the stress of owning your own business. And we're going to just talk about some strategies that have worked for us on managing that. Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. If you're looking for professionals can help you grow your business, go to anaquim.net right now and get a free get a discovery call uh, if you set up a discovery call get 50 percent off your first placement fee by mentioning the bootstrapper show so jeremy i mean the stress with entrepreneurship is real <laughs> the stress is real i mean we're part of entrepreneur groups and that's one of the things i think we talk about the most whether it's mm-hmm. induced by you know familial reasons or uh, entrepreneurial reasons or social reasons. Um, it's, it's a lot and yeah. it's real. And so just to take note of all the things and just if you are an entrepreneur out there, give yourself some compassion because just making payroll, super stressful. We have struggles at, well, we don't have struggles, but I always just want to make sure everybody gets paid on time. And so um, it's something that I am always cautious of is like, when's payroll? What's going on with it? Is everything going okay? Um, creating growth opportunities for our team members. I'm always like worried that we're not growing fast enough, even though we double every year. But I just want to make sure that the company's growing so that we have more opportunities for everybody so that they can reach their full potential. Um, as we know, there's like no safety net, like no one's coming to save us if we screw up. So So that can always be a little bit stressful. And and I would actually say odds are if I'm looking back in time trying to figure out, you know, do an assessment of my life, my my being back then, I don't think I even really knew I was stressed out. I mean, it kind of hit me. You don't really know if you like live like that. Like for, for both of us, I mean, I've had a job since I was eight when I had my paper, my paper out. And so I don't really know how to live a different way. And so you don't really know until your health hits a wall that you're really stressed out. But another thing is working crazy hours. I mean, uh, when Wistar started, you would work like probably 10 hour days, then all day on Saturday. And then my crazy hours were most, I, I don't always work crazy hours, but when we started our rent manager call center, I would go to work and work at Wistar Group, our property management company, during the morning and do all the uh, quality assurance there. Then I would do remote professionals in the afternoon into the evening. Then I'd come home, make dinner, hang out with my kids, and then I had the call center all night because the calls would roll over to me at the beginning 
if no one answered or if there was a, I was a manager on call for the first seven months of the call center. And that was probably my hardest time with crazy hours. But entrepreneurs do that. I mean, we all make those sacrifices and work those hours um, at some point in our career. It is unsustainable, but yeah, I, I was actually watching a TikTok video the other day, and it was pretty obvious. Um, they had a, a series: Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, uh, Joe Peterson, um, Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. And I call him Joe. <laughs> and they, uh, the one thing they all had said is that you will not be successful unless you work hard. Sixty, eighty hours a week is not uh, um, un, impossible. And it's actually kind of the secret to being able to get ahead, which is why I kind of feel bad about kids these days. They're not looking at, at doing anything like that for themselves. They have a little bit, I think, when they're young, too much of a balance or they're working too hard to have that balance. Like I like where I am. Like I just figured out at 50 that, oh, you got to add some balance. That's not totally true. Well, I mean, when we were young, when we were first married, or I should say I was young, (laughs) (laughs) but but, uh, we had, uh, like you were starting with Star Group, I was uh, a pharma rep, and then we flipped houses all weekend. Like we never took a day off. Well, and here's what I think, especially if you're in that phase where you just have to do more work because tough shit, that's how, that's physics. You have to put in more hours because that's the one thing you've got over anybody else, right? Yeah. And that's where you learn. That's where you realize that you can make the system better and it's where you make the system better. It's anyway. um, What was I going to say about that? Make the system better. Better the app. What the hell? Well, is while it? you're while you're thinking about that, the other thing that oh, sorry. Go ahead. All right. So it's not that you put the hours in. I don't think it's the long hours that stress people out. I think it's that during the course of the day, jumping to and from different subjects all the time mm. in rapid succession and not necessarily in any order is the most stressful. Like it just keeps a a certain hum in your brain, like. You're just always bombarding your brain with something new all the time. And that's that fire drill part yeah. of a brand new company. Yeah. Before you have processes and procedures and right. you have people specializing in certain areas and that's what is exhausting. Well, and then you try to like lasso it in, but with, you know, do, during those hours that you're working so hard, what you end up having to do is during those hours, usually you're just working really hard to get the actual product out there, like to be done. And then you have to layer on top of that, if you're ever going to go anywhere, the time it needs to make your processes better. And then you need to start working with other people to help make sure it becomes part of the DNA of your company. And all that bouncing back and forth, you get home at night, your brain's still kind of playing ping pong with itself. And it's, that's what I think stress was ended up being for me. Well, um, yeah, I think that your comment that you can never turn it off. I think it's also harder for us to turn it off because we're married, but any entrepreneur, even when I was staying home with the kids, the company was so important to our livelihood. We still talked about it all the time. Yeah, all the time. So I think every entrepreneur may go through that. The other thing is that like, we don't really go on real vacations. (laughs) We go to Michigan and then work somewhere else. 
Yeah, that's you it. know, or we'll take like a Friday off and we'll be like, wow, we got a vacation. We took a Friday off. So which anyway, we actually caught this year and we're doing something. about. We are. It. We're going to go on an actual vacation this year, we say. So at any rate, um, but that's a, these are all the reasons why entrepreneurs are stressed out. And I think it's just important to delineate them because when you're in it, you kind of forget that the whole exercise is very hard. And that's why it's stressful. But um, at a certain point, if you're like Jeremy and me, it starts to affect your health. And we kind of want to discuss that. So tell us about when your health got affected. Yeah, I realized that um, I had definitely got, I I thought I had cancer or something because um, I was, I remember I was in Kansas City and I don't know, I guess I went partially blind and I, and Huh? I forgot about. Yeah, this I went partially blind. That's what I, I was reading the newspaper, and I like elephant looked like E L N T, and then I'd move my head a little bit. Anyway, so it's it was an ophthalmic migraine. Turns well, you out. also felt like you got punched in the I had back. A, yeah, I was jogging, and I thought that I really literally felt like I had just gotten punched in the chest, and then I you know blood high blood pressure, th- and my doctor was just like, okay, these are all stress induced. And at the time, you wouldn't have known. I mean, I couldn't have really known. But um, yeah, that's when I, and that was probably 10 years ago. And No, I, that was seven. That was when we first got married. Yeah. That was when you so, were quitting your like corporate job years. to start oh, yeah, the company. Yeah. But then it hit you again when your your blood pressure went off yeah, that the was, charts. Yeah, that was probably five, six, seven 40. years ago. Oh, yeah, maybe a little far longer ago. Um, and you just kind of realize that you have to... Um, so what we did is we bought a property for us to go hang out, kind of R and R. And that day after we bought it, um, I no longer worked Saturdays. It was just I'm not going to let my health deteriorate. I'd seen my dad kind of have rough time with his physical, um, his his physique. And so I just since that day, even now, that was what ten years ago. I have not worked on a Saturday or a Sunday and won't. It just became a rule. Because you have to have that downtime. And then it's also during the course of my you know, career, uh, my dad died of ALS. So then you start, you get MSS syndrome, which is um, medical student syndrome. You, you, know, you think, oh my God, I've got this too, especially since there is a genetic component. So it was for three years, I just really couldn't get sleep. I couldn't sleep very well anymore. And it was January 3rd, 2018, I decided I'm working on this. And then it was about July, August of that same year that I finally got an eight hour night and th- and you're th- working, you're took. still working on it. You're still not a great sleeper, but you still work on sleep right, yeah. so that you can maintain your health. Cause you have a lot to live for. I, I mean, have a lot I to live for. I got a lot to live for <laughs> and, you, the kids. Um, and you are good at, uh, st- stress management, which we'll talk about, um, later, but, um, I'm terrible. I'm still terrible at dealing with stress. I don't think I'm as good as it as you are. Um, and I used to, um, have insomnia. I'm a great sleeper, but then I would get these insomnia moments where I literally couldn't sleep and it was driving me crazy. Um, I also feel like I drank too much. I didn't, wasn't like crazy, like drinking during the day, but I did quit drinking 16 months ago just to live a healthier lifestyle and not use that as a crutch for stress. Um, also, um, I struggle like feeling hungry when I get really stressed out. So I'm really watching, like making sure I get my three meals a day in. 
Um, and then another thing that happened this year was our EO groups um, started wearing these wearable things. And I H- I was tracking my HRV. My HRV was so low, I was like a dead person. Um, and so I'm managing my HRV. So right now, what I'm doing is I'm meditating every single day. I'm trying to um, focus on that HRV and getting that up. And so I won't work out if my HRV is crazy low so that I'm maintaining my health. And I'm focused on sleep. And that's really helped a lot. I think that I feel more energetic during the day. So I have a long ways to go with stress management. But I did want to talk about some specific incidences that were very stressful in our careers and how we managed to frame them to reduce stress because Jeremy is particularly good at this. So one of the instances was that we have an 11 unit complex that we owned. And this is when we had really little kids. We sold it when everything, the market was really hot, but the heat went out and it was a super cold day in winter. And I was freaking out. Like, oh my God, these people don't have heat. Like, what's going to happen? And Jeremy was like, we have people who know what they're doing at the apartment complex working on the heat. What is your stress actually accomplishing here? Like, are you going to go and fix the boiler? Yeah, you got your boiler's license (laughs) or whatever it's called. And um, I was like, well, what if we have to get them space heaters? He's like, well, we'll wait a few hours, pick a time. And then if it passes that time, we'll buy everybody a space heater. Like this is not something that you have to ruin your whole Saturday over. Or or think about it all. Yeah. And you were very clear, like just forget about it until 6 p.m. And then we'll buy everybody space heaters and it's fine. Like just chill out. And that was a really important moment for me because um, I do think that there is some use in stressing a little bit if you have a problem, because sometimes you can come up with a creative solution, but you have to, s- the creative solution was the space heaters in this case, which is not that creative, but like we already came up with the solution. So just pick a time and then worry about that. But, um, oh, yeah, even I would say, don't worry about it because literally worrying. And I think this is stoicism, but um, worrying in and of itself does zero good. It, yeah, it, it is. It, once in a while, it'll be a trigger for, oh, I better remember to do that. But then you just have to, rem- you need to reframe it because it in and of itself damages every single part of your body and does nothing to make anything any better. different. If, if anything, it makes things worse. And you are really good at staying calm in a crisis. Um, there was a moment, so we, we have a lot of money going down to Mexico. And there was a moment where we thought the money had left our bank account in the United States and wasn't showing up in our bank account in Mexico. And the finance person was stressed, called Jeremy. She was so stressed out. She couldn't even see the line item that showed that the money had arrived. And you were so calm that you were like, oh, well, the money's right there. See? Just well, that's how other. I was calm. I, I wasn't at a computer at the time, but... Uh, she'd called and said she was concerned we were missing like $300,000. And I was like, nah, I don't think that, that doesn't make any sense. So that's kind of how you go into it. It, It's a normal procedure. We do this all the time. We did exactly the same thing. And so we should reasonably, reasonably be able to predict that the outcome will be exactly the same. So I was just like, you know, worst case scenario, we can look at this on Monday, find out where the money actually went because we're a legal entity in the United States. We're a legal entity in Mexico. We have uh, standing 
and we can dispute anything. Then, you know, I think a couple after a couple hours of some pe other people worrying, not me, um, they were like, oh, no way, the money already made it. Whoa, okay. So the worrying did nothing except irritate me because you just kind of have to walk through things. Like, there's legitimate things to worry about. Those would be things like, my kid has cancer. Like, that is something that you can't get out of your head. That's. Oh my, that's probably that's so a you're good at framing for. things and we'll get into that but i just want to get into some other examples because i think that this is like how talking through this helps other entrepreneurs so um i had an employee a, a manager who was so stressed out um because she had an employee who was just they, he, he just got hired and he was just not making the mark he got on a call from a bar uh bad <laughs> idea it's like his first week. It's like, read the room, man. <laughs> it's not going to work. And then we made our sales goals. So uh, so a team went out and celebrated at uh, bowling. He comes to the event completely wasted. So strike two. Again, it's like his second week. And then he was just like rolling out of work without letting anybody know. Um, and anyway, she's super stressed out about this employee. And I looked at her and I was like, look, this is a self-firing. I'm sorry. But if someone is going to be so dramatically bad, you just document it. But do not lose sleep over this person. Yeah. And we've had a bunch of these instances. One was where an employee who'd been with us for a long time in the office, we see her all the time. And it is always emotional when you have to fire somebody, especially when they're like part of your life. But she told her manager that he was a terrible father and husband. That was crazy. We're like, what do we do? Girl, you can't do that. Yeah, that's your and boss. That's super and personal. That's, <laughs> that's a self-firing. Like when you get to that point, you're firing yourself. And then the other one that was funny was the guy who um, was making homemade porn on his work phone. That happened. I mean, on his work phone. On his work phone. We're like, you can't, dude. You can't. Nobody wants to see your dick, dude. <laughs> nobody. I mean, maybe you can find somebody, but do it on your personal phone. So if someone's self-firing. Do not think about that after work. Just go about your business and then do what needs to get done. Write the documentation down, but that's not to stress out. Um, the other thing is letting go of the outcome is something that I, how I frame things. So well, a few years back, uh, this, gosh, it must be like four years now, we went from paying everybody in Mexico via PayPal at the time. And then we were going to become, we were becoming a legal entity in Mexico. So everyone was going to get their taxes paid. They were going to get insurance. Um, all the, all the legal stuff was happening in Mexico and we weren't going to increase our rates. So it was like a win-win for our employees. It was like a 30% pay increase because they didn't have to pay their taxes in the way that we were operating. They were going to get a bunch of things for free. And there was a group of people who was sure somehow I was screwing them over. And they all were at one entity. And it was just the, the most amazing thing to me because I'm like, I'm literally giving you free stuff, like a 30% pay increase. And they were just like, no, you're, you're screwing me over. And yeah. I don't know how, but I'm sure you're doing it. And then the client ended up leaving us because they didn't know who to believe because they liked their employees. But it was just the the darnest thing. I mean, yeah, there's some crazy. things when things do get out of your control, like in that instance where there would, we could have spent 
dozens of hours trying to calm the waters, make sure they understand it. But there is a point in time where you just need to you just need to cash out. Well, you just, just say I am going to let go. This is how I frame it in my mind. I'm letting go of the outcome. I'm operating the way that I think is how I want to show up in the world, right? I want to give people benefits. I want to be a legal entity in Mexico. I want to provide 30, you know, a 30% pay raise to everybody. I'm showing up in the world the way that I want to. And if people have a problem with it, I got to let go of that outcome. And so I do that a lot in my life when people get mad at me and just ask myself, like, am I proud of how I behaved? If the answer is yes, I can't be responsible for other people's responses. We had another client that was asking you to lie to one of the remotes. Oh, that was kind of funny. So, so this was another moment where I just was sure about my ethics and I wasn't going to be swayed, you know, um, swayed to do the wrong thing. But these two business partners had a remote professional together. Then they broke up and in their breakup, one of the business partners got the remote professional as part of the deal. Well, the remote professional didn't like the partner that she ended up with. So she wanted to move to the other partner. And, you know, it's not my business to get in the way of someone's career in a emerging market. So I'm like, yeah, if you want to switch people, I mean, let's make it happen. And the guy she was going to was like, oh, don't tell my old business partner, you know, it just isn't great. And I'm like, I'm not going to get involved in your business. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything proactively, but sure, whatever. So anyway, the old business partner freaks out at me and starts yelling at me. And I was like, whoa, 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 this is what happened. Like I'm, I'm going to just tell the truth here because this isn't my secret and I don't keep secrets for people. And then right away, I called the guy who told me not to tell him. I'm like, I told him I I did. I'm just going to fess up. And anyway, ended up being like a big legal thing. And they kept telling me, don't tell the other person this. Don't tell the other person that. And I was like, look, guys, I am am not the person. If you want to keep a secret, don't talk to me because I'm going to tell you both exactly what I'm telling the other person because I'm not part of this. I don't want to be part of it. And one of the guys was like, you're a bad business person. Don't you understand how business works? And I was like, yeah, it works when you don't, I was going to say a bad word, when you don't screw people over. Yeah. That's how I do business. He's like, how do you ever make money doing that? And I'm like, I don't know because dumb luck, dude. Yeah. But he was so insulting to me. But, um, so back to it, you just present your world, present yourself to the world the way you want to be. And then let go of the outcome. Cause if people aren't going to get it, then they're not for you anymore. There are 8 billion people in the world. You You don't need that guy. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And also just knowing if you do have a mistake, like if you can, legitimately determine that you or one of your employees made a mistake, you don't spend any time covering it up. No. That ends up just... Just never covering One, they don't fucking... They do not believe you. Like, you're not going to convince anybody that you didn't screw up unless you have a very strong case. It's just like Nixon. The cover-up is always worse than just admitting it. It's always worse than just whatever the the initial error If you're doing your job right, all the mistakes show up in numbers anyway. So I mean, th- yeah. there's there is a uh, um, uh, there are breadcrumbs to every mistake 
So another one that Jeremy does that he tells me about when I get stressed out is it's too late. You already screwed up or it already happened. Like you can't go back. It's too late. Like stop stressing about it. What are you going to do? Turn back time. <laughs> I did not know I'm this kind of a sage. I am <laughs> you are. pretty brilliant. Well, you're really good this at works. like not letting the small things. I do not let the- but it's because you went through the medical issues and you're yeah. like, I don't want to die. I have like, kids. I want to see him grow up and I'm dialing down the stress. Yeah. So, but I love that. He's like, it's too late. I'm sorry. It's already been done. Just moving on. Whatever the mistake was, it's a mistake. And now you got to kick into repair to repairs. The other one, um, is having hard conversations. So you're better just, at that. No. I, okay. So I am better at this, but if I, if someone is keeping me up at night, cause I do think about work all the time. But if something's keeping me up at night or I'm thinking about it while I'm like doing my hair in the morning, I have to tell that person in a short succession of time. Like it has to get done because I need that to be dealt with. Well, and this is kind of like our thing, which we've talked about on the show before, where we have the 24 hour rule because we're oh, married. Oh, in our marriage? In our marriage. And so if I go to bed and I'm uncomfortable about something, I know for sure that I will not sleep. So I don't usually need 24 hours because immediately I just have to bring it up. We talk about it. I'm right. She realizes she's wrong and I can sleep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. That's exactly how that goes over every time. No, but I, I really believe that I think having hard conversations is part of being a true professional. I don't think that your company can grow. If you can't just face the uncomfortable truth head on, it doesn't have to be mean. Just fact, sooner than later. In fact, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm ever mean. I mean, I'm sure I've come across mean at times, but I'm generally not mean about it. It's just like, here are the facts, Jack, or here's what's going on, or this is what I need and I'm not getting it. And having those right away so you can move on and not be stressed out, not stew is very helpful. Um, another one that you don't do is shortcuts. Yeah. So I want to talk about, talk about specifically when the auditor comes. Oh yeah. Auditors, um, people for the real estate commission, it's a government. They come in and they check to make sure you're not screwing people over. And in Nebraska, don't they come randomly twice a year? If you're big enough, they come twice a year and they don't tell you when. But if you have all your ducks in order and your operation is sound, then you literally have nothing to worry about when the auditor comes. If you're concerned that the auditor is going to come and find something, it also means that you your books are not done well enough to be able to tell a client that you are going to handle their financial security, their financial future, their investment. If you can't pass a state audit, you probably just need to get out of the business. And to- or get help. Like, or, get, or get help. Get help. Um, and, and that looks a lot like making sure that your dispatching is connected to bills and you can, just, you can just drill down to everything very easily. Because if you can't, then you're working way too hard, especially when a client has a question. Well, and I just want to go back to uh, the stress component. You never stressed out when the auditor came. And there was one moment where they couldn't find something and they were there a day at, Extra? Yeah, they were there two days or so, I think, lo- maybe even three, longer than... But you than- knew, similar to you knew the money would be there in Mexico, you're like, I do everything right, well, so, so what are you going to find? It's I like also, your fault. 
the, the, the black and white part of it is kind of nice because it's their responsibility to make sure that our books are in order and we just need to present everything. So there's a certain point when the auditor starts to think that maybe there's a problem. And so they kind of almost suggest that, hey, you could be in trouble here. But if you know that your books are in good order or if there is a mistake in there that it's not something egregious, then you have the upper hand because all you have to do is tell the auditor, no, I am not going to help you find this. This is on you because I know the books are right. You don't. Your responsibility is to find out if there's a problem. I'm not going to I'm not going to make it unnecessarily difficult, but I don't need to get, I'm not going to put myself into a tizzy right now just because there is a 0% chance that I'm wrong. You, they're the ones that are using, you know, 1980s, 1990s technology of spreadsheets, <laughs> trying to copy paste shit into it. You're like, okay, that's not, that's your problem. You guys are using <laughs> spreadsheets. I have software that I spend a lot of money well, on. I'm right. And go to the three cents. The, th the three uh, so, set Saturday, yeah, as so we call it at our house. It is. <laughs> so one time I did, and this is where like there's zero tolerance for money being missing. Zero tolerance. There was a weekend. I could not figure out where three cents should have gone. And we had deleted something. Something got goofed up. And, and, and I needed to find out whose three cents these were. Now, most people would... Um, you just be like, okay, three cents, big deal, not anything to worry about. But it turns out that three cents can also be $1,001 and $1,000.97. And that's what happened. So you're off, two accounts are off by about $1,000 and the difference is three cents. So if you don't work hard to find out what the answer is, then then even a three cent, what looks like three cent little mistake can end up being a really, really bad mistake. Um, and if you, if you know for sure that your books are in order because you've got the systems in place to make sure that it is, you don't have to worry about that. Stuff. And it's just a slippery slope. If you're going to, and you always want to tell our employees this, you're like, you're going to find the three cents because yeah. we're not going to allow ourselves to ever steal money. Yeah. Just not, absorb three cents. Not even three cents. We're not, we are not doing it. And so you set that standard. So everybody understands on the team that ethics are not negotiable. Yeah. And, and I'd caution you, some people try to make it so that, well, I'll just add, you know, 0 0.07 hours to an invoice. Okay. No, that's not what we mean. You need to find out why your books are off by three cents, because if you keep that kind of integrity, then you know in every instance that comes up when an owner wonders about what's going on, you do not have to worry about people having done anything um, that looked uh, that looks uh, inappropriate. So that was. reduces your stress level because Tons. because you know that the ethics run through the business. Or if they didn't, you would fire that person, and they would. Well, they know everyone that worked at Wistar and everyone that works at Anaquim. They know that it's not tolerated to do the wrong thing. And so when you go into a situation, you are digging to find out what happened and you have that security that the business runs ethically, your stress level is heightened. Well, and think about it this way. If you own a company, uh, if, you, if you've ever gotten your car detailed or had someone else clean out your car and you have three cents in the cup holder, if... 
if that person takes those three cents, that is a measure of integrity. We've, I think, probably all done that. It's, it's almost like a test. You oh, just little, all done it as in left it there. Yeah, just you, you leave the money in the cup holder and then you find out later that it's gone. You're like, oh, that, you know, three, that, that was a lack of integrity. They should have left the three cents there, right? Not, you know, absorbing three cents into your books is exactly the same thing. It's their money. Don't take three cents from anybody. That's the mentality I always had. And if, I, if you don't take three cents from anybody, then you, then you took three cents from nobody. So the last thing that's really, well, there are two other things I wanted to bring up, but one is we are like weird about debt. We're no debt people. Um, and that helps us sleep because if a big money thing happens, we'll still be fine because we still have our house. Like Um, if our private jet crashes. Shut up. (laughs) No, but, but, uh, just not over leveraging some people leverage, too much and that causes stress and uh what is that warren buffett quote like don't do, do that th- idiot <laughs> don't do <laughs> i don't think that's it. don't take risks that you don't need to take to lose what you already have there's something yeah <laughs> yeah it's something like that yeah i think you came uh, up with that yeah uh and then the last one i just wanted to talk about before we wrap this up is that people aren't always gonna like you you know and that causes people stress. They're like, why doesn't this person like me? Um, I was at a, a business thing and I was talking to another business owner and she's growing her business. She's going into a new market and she had an Instagram reel showing her in the new market. And her team was like jealous or rude to her when she got back. And it's like, why are you mad at me for creating more opportunities for you? No, yeah, that's too bad. Like, oh, you're so fancy going to this other market, making things happen. It's like, I'm going to do my thing. And this is kind of like just showing up in the world the way you want to show up. She's doing her thing. She's creating jobs. She's creating business. And she's going to have a little fun while she's doing it. Haters are going to hate. Just don't worry about those people. Just do your thing. It's lonely at the top. um, And live your life and forget about the haters. Yeah. Because that can cause stress too. Oh, I, the the last one is big clients leaving. You want to just address how you manage that because that's always stressful. So whenever a big client would leave, like if they took a forty plex or something with them, or not with them, but like if they were selling it. it, like you know, yeah, it kind of sucks to lose forty units in one fell swoop. But it's also a selling point. So this goes back to reframing it. The property did well enough to be able to be sold, generally speaking, for way more money than it was worth when you took it over. You just make a list of those and make sure to tell prospective clients of those successes. So yeah, you're losing 40 units. It sucks bad, but it's not all bad news. So don't stress about you know all the work that you put into it. All it did was turn into a sale and God forbid it be a sale that somebody else gets. Big deal. It also becomes a selling point for you and your company. That just goes back to reframing things. Yeah. And when you're telling your team how to frame it, it's important to say, hey, you guys won. I mean, sometimes clients grow out of your services. Sometimes um, clients are successful. But if you were part of that success, that's a win, not a loss. Right. So uh, it's another reframing. So Bootstrappers is powered by Anaquim. If you're looking for professionals who can help you grow your business, go to anaquim.net right now for a discovery call. 
If you set up a discovery call, you can get 50% off your first placement fee by mentioning the Bootstrapper Show. So that's a wrap. We'll see you next episode on the Bootstrapper Show. This is the Bootstrapper Show for property management, powered by Anaquim, a podcast where we have real conversations with industry experts that you can apply to your life and business.